Episode 2. If you haven't done so already, we recommend you start at Episode 1 and listen to the episodes in sequence. Otherwise, welcome back. Let's continue. Why doubling a website's conversion rate is easier than it sounds. What's your current conversion rate? 5%? 10? Don't know? A 5% conversion rate means that of every 20 visitors to your website, 19 walk away empty-handed. Do you really believe you couldn't lower that number to 18 out of 20? Look at it another way. To double your conversion rate, you just need to increase the conversion rate of your ads by 19%, landing page by 19%, shopping cart by 19%, and checkout by 19%. The figure is 19%, not 25%, because each improvement compounds upon the previous one. These increases may sound daunting, but to increase your landing page's conversion rate by 19%, for example, you would have to make just a 1.76% improvement to 10 aspects of your landing page. These may be your company's tagline, your headline, your introductory text, your offer, your guarantee, your picture, your readability, your usability, your navigation, your products, your pricing, your offers, your premium, your testimonials, your call to action, your website layout, your return policy. And the list goes on. Does the 25% increase sound more achievable now? For the same reason... Don't be daunted by the number of techniques described in this book. If you did everything in it, you'd probably be the best marketer in the world. A single breakthrough can double your conversion rate. The most important thing is to take action. Choose your role models wisely. Take inspiration from this awe-inspiring story of how one of our clients went from zero to half a billion dollars. We recently sorted through some old business cards from a conference we spoke at. Our founder, Carl, had spoken at the conference. After the talk, he was approached by an entrepreneur called Mike Lee. Mike didn't have a business card handy, so Carl wrote notes on one of his own cards. Mike mentioned that he loved our articles. His company, MyFitnessPal, had created a smartphone app for counting calories. The company had just begun and had revenues too small to be able to afford our services. But Mike was a fan of our articles and was already optimising his business using multivariate testing. Mike and his brother and co-founder Albert subsequently hired us to help MyFitnessPal grow even faster. Mike and Albert recently sold MyFitnessPal for just under half a billion dollars. Some people think that CRO is an activity to do when we get round to it. Successful companies start immediately. In fact, successful web companies do many things differently. Their behaviour is startlingly different from the unsuccessful companies. In the following chapter, we describe three of the key differences. Differences so profound that just by following them, you'll gain a huge advantage. Why the world's top websites are winning and how yours can too. As far as we are aware, 
No other company has had the privilege of designing pages for as many of the world's top 500 websites as we have. We say privilege because these companies are, by definition, already great at creating websites, and many of them wouldn't normally ask an external company to design pages for them. When we look at how those companies improve their websites, it's striking how their practices have almost nothing in common with the way that other companies do it. Their approach is perhaps best described as scientific web design. In this chapter, you will learn the three principles by which scientific web design differs from most other web design, and we explain why it's much more effective. Principle 1. The top companies design for function, not aesthetics. In her toolbox, Carl's mother has perhaps the most dainty hammer you have ever seen. It has a polished stainless steel shaft with an enamel-coated head that's covered with a delicate floral pattern. When placed alongside a professional Stanley hammer, it looks like a toy. But Carl's mother doesn't keep it next to her other tools. Bafflingly, she keeps it on her shelf next to her ornaments. Both hammers have been meticulously designed, but for different goals. Carl's mother's hammer was designed for beauty. The Stanley hammer was designed for hammering. They represent two approaches to design. One, aesthetic. Carl's mother's hammer represents good design to people who believe that design means optimise for beauty. It's not good for hammering, so Carl's mother uses her other hammer instead. Two, functional. The Stanley Hammer represents good design to people who believe that design means optimise for the product's core function. Similarly, there are two approaches to web design. One, aesthetic. Most web agencies design for beauty, paying little more than lip service towards the goals of the business and its customers. Two, functional. In our opinion... Good web design means understanding your visitors and your business deeply, then designing to meet both of their needs. And by deeply, we mean not obeying an executive who says, I know my customers, but instead gaining deep insights through extensive research. Which approach is most effective? Take a look at the homepages of Google, eBay, Amazon, Craigslist, LinkedIn, Facebook, Wikipedia, YouTube and other leading websites and decide for yourself. Are they designed for beauty or does their form follow their function? It amazes us how few people have noticed this. To be clear, it's fine to optimise for beauty if your insights indicate that your visitors will buy more as a result. At that point, functional design and aesthetic design become the same thing, and you should test making your website more beautiful. The mistake happens when companies think that pure aesthetics are a substitute for research and testing. Scientific web design is functional. Why not design for function and aesthetics? Some people ask why they shouldn't optimise for function and aesthetics. Even if their visitors are perfectly happy with the current appearance of the website, what's the harm in being beautiful regardless? It's like asking 
What's the harm in giving an Olympic sprinter an egg and spoon to carry while he runs? They don't realise that beauty, like an egg and spoon, tends to slow progress to a crawl. One of our first clients had one of the most beautiful, polished websites we had ever seen. We first noticed a problem when we asked the head developer to italicise a particular word. That's not just a 15-minute job, he replied. It will have to wait till next week. We were amazed. We had just come from working in-house, where we had tripled our employer's sales in 12 months. We were used to making changes quickly. Putting a word into italics would have taken us 60 seconds. We had taken that agility for granted. Imagine if your website were as easy to edit as Wikipedia, Google Docs or Justin Jackson's article This is a web page, which we urge you to read. How much more work would you get done? How quickly could you iterate? Typical web marketers could edit a Wikipedia page in one minute, but would take at least a day to make a similar change to their own website. That's over a thousand times longer. Much of that time difference is because their own website is more complicated for aesthetic reasons. Fonts are substituted, decorative images are included, layouts are complicated and ornamental graphics are added. The technical burden soon becomes immense. Changes must be checked on multiple devices, running multiple browsers, on multiple operating systems. Plugins conflict, fonts don't render. And before long, you're no longer outraged that it takes seven days, seven days, to turn a word into italics. Meanwhile, Facebook has pushed live several thousand more changes. If your website is already more beautiful than Amazon's and your customers are happy with its appearance, are you sure that the best way to grow your business is to make it more beautiful? Or have you just run out of ideas? Beauty can lead to sluggishness, and sluggishness can lead to economic death. If you do make your website more beautiful, ensure your designs are minimalist, visually and technically. Keep them elegantly simple and easy to update. And don't forget that, like the Stanley Hammer, good functional design has a beauty of its own. Principle 2. The top companies carry out experiments on their websites. When top companies change their websites, they measure the effects of the changes using A-B testing software or some other type of experimental technique. We have already described the benefits of A-B testing. The following quotes may be useful if you're trying to persuade your company to adopt a culture of testing. Hal Varian, Google's chief economist, says, Being able to figure out quickly what works and what doesn't can mean the difference between survival and extinction. Jeff Bezos, CEO of Amazon, says, If you double the number of experiments you do per year, you're going to double your inventiveness. Here's another great quote by Jeff Bezos. Successful invention. If you want to do a lot of that, you basically have to increase your rate of experimentation and that you can think of as a process. 
How do you go about organising your systems, your people, all of your assets, your own daily life and how you spend time? How do you increase those things to increase your rate of experimentation? Principle 3. For reasons that are subtle, the top companies make frequent incremental changes and rarely, if ever, have huge website redesigns. Website redesigns are often painful. The company builds a shiny new website that will fix all our problems. Then, one year later, the website's performance stinks. Its conversion rate is low and edits take ages. So, the marketing director commissions a shiny new website that will fix all our problems. And so on. It's a never-ending loop that we call the vicious circle of website redesign. The only thing that changes each time around the loop is the name of the marketing director. Fortunately, there's a better way. The top companies update their websites frequently, often weekly and sometimes daily. The changes are usually improvements to parts of pages rather than complete page redesigns or website redesigns. Every workday, Facebook is safely updated with hundreds of changes, including bug fixes, new features and product improvements. Given hundreds of engineers, thousands of changes every week and hundreds of millions of users we have worldwide, this task seems like it should be impossible. Chuck Rossi, Facebook's release engineering manager. If you update your website in incremental iterations, you get three benefits. One, you get to see what's working and what's not working on a granular level. Two, your website improvement process stays nimble because it's always in use and is not mothballed until the next mega redesign. Three, you decrease the amount of work in progress – Work that has been carried out, but is not yet at a stage where it can bear fruit. Work in progress is the toadstool of business. It looks harmless, but is poisonous. For example, any work in progress is wasted money until it sees the light of day. Managing work in progress is work in itself, particularly with large projects – Large projects constipate companies. Problems aren't seen until the 11th hour. Some companies hire us after having had a site-wide redesign that's actually decreased their conversion rate. In fact, at the time of writing, we are rescuing a website for which one of our clients had paid tens of millions of dollars. You might expect that a website that cost that much would perform extremely well. However, we are redesigning it page by page and our pages are considerably outperforming the existing ones. The longer a project takes, the greater the expectation for a massive win once the redesign goes live. This results in the additional inertia of deliberation, double and triple checking and design by committee, all of which erodes speed, a dangerous practice in highly competitive markets. It's no surprise then that many projects are never completed. That's why scientific web design entails carrying out frequent iterative changes. 
Why do some people willfully ignore these principles? Some people choose not to follow the three principles of scientific web design for several reasons, including 1. Some people avoid accountability. 2. People who work for agencies may not want their performance to be measured soon and frequently. There's good money in quoting for huge white elephant projects, delaying the moment of truth until all the money is in the bank. 3. To uninitiated buyers, aesthetic design is easier to sell. Whether it's hammers or websites, some people buy beauty. How to follow all three principles and why it makes life hard in the short term but easier in the long term. The three principles of scientific web design are embedded into our methodology as follows. First, analyse your website and visitors. Through intensive research, identify the biggest opportunities for improvement. Next, implement the changes in frequent, small, targeted iterations. Then, put your neck on the line, like we do, by insisting that the changes be A-B tested to prove or disprove that they have grown the business. This makes life challenging, because of course not every experiment results in a win. But there's a strength in it too. You get immediate feedback, so you discover what works and what doesn't for your specific marketplace. That's rare in business. By taking this approach, your internal processes over time get re-engineered for speed and profits, a hallmark of the top online businesses. How can you benefit from scientific web design? By the fact that you are listening to this, you are probably already persuaded of the principles of scientific web design. If so, here's what you can do. If you are a marketer or designer, ensure that you follow the three success principles. Design pages that fulfil their primary purpose, measure and test everything you create, and minimise your work in progress. Learn how to make websites ultra-effective. If you are a manager, director or company owner, and you are struggling to persuade your team to show any interest in CRO, First, set the ground rules. Insist that they always follow the three principles. 1. Design pages that fulfil their primary purpose. 2. Measure and test everything you create. 3. Minimise your work in progress. Pushing conversion knowledge upon someone is futile unless they are hungry for it. By setting the rules of the game, insisting that your team follows the three principles, you align their goals with those of your business, and your team will devour any information that will be useful to them. Then, when they measurably grow your business, your challenge becomes to pay them enough to keep them. Conversion skills are in short supply. Whoever you are, spread the word. We estimate that worldwide, fewer than 1% of marketing decisions follow the principles of scientific web design. Much of the web design industry actively avoids them. So when you see people violating the principles described in this chapter, speak out. Write your own articles about this subject. Be the child who dares to tell the emperor that he's wearing no clothes and is carrying an egg and spoon. You don't need to have a scientific background. 
You just need to have the diligence and discipline to follow the principles. And when you encounter people who dare to follow the principles of scientific web design, encourage and support them. They haven't chosen the easy path. Why you should avoid meek tweaking. And not just because it sounds creepy. Just because your changes are going to be incremental and frequent doesn't mean they should be minor or trivial. In fact, the biggest mistake people make when optimising their websites is what we call meek tweaking. They set up A-B testing software, then they make daft changes. They change button colours and shuffle items around the page just because they read that it worked for someone else. They do the garbage-in, garbage-out thing. That approach is more harmful than it sounds. Say you're working on a page that gets 9,000 views per month. Imagine that you have just designed a new version of such a page and your new version has an 80% higher conversion rate than the existing version. The time taken to detect that improvement would be just two days. Whereas, if your new version was only 20% better than the existing page, the A-B test would take 23 days to reach completion. In other words, to detect an improvement that's a quarter as large, 20% compared with 80%, then your A-B test would take over 10 times as long, 23 days compared with 2 days. If you were looking to detect an improvement of only 10%, then the A-B test would take several months to conclude. The moral of the story is that small improvements take ages to detect disproportionately and counterintuitively so. So, you should aim for bold, targeted changes for the following reasons. 1. Each change gets you more profit. An 80% improvement gives four times the benefit of a 20% improvement, obviously. 2. It's more fun and interesting. 3. It's much quicker. Whereas, if you're doing what we call meek tweaking, making small arbitrary changes, then your project suffers. 1. You tend to get no wins. Your A-B tests never reach conclusion. 2. This becomes disheartening and you lose motivation. 3. You lose the buy-in from all the other people in your company whom you persuaded that A-B testing was going to be a good idea. Dips... DIPS, Diagnosed a Problem to Solution, thrashes meek tweaking. Most marketers do things to their websites that they'd never do to their bodies. The most common causes of death in people are heart disease, cancer, stroke, respiratory infection, diabetes and dementia. However, on seeing that list, only a fool would rush to a pharmacy and start taking medication against all of those ailments, wolfing down pills for diseases they don't have. Such behaviour would cause more harm than good. Instead, sensibly, when someone is ill, they go to a physician who first diagnoses what's wrong and only then prescribes the most relevant remedy. That may sound obvious for health, but it's not what people do with their websites. Most web marketers run straight to the marketing pharmacy and cram their web pages with every possible remedy. 
Then they wonder why they have a website that's cluttered and converts no better, or even worse, than the previous version. It's marketing malpractice. Their visitors had specific objections, but instead of overcoming those objections, the marketers filled their pages with irrelevant distractions. They should be struck off. Your visitor's attention is limited. You must treat it preciously. Dips. A formula for success. The following approach to conversion is much more effective than the one described just now. We call it Diagnose to Problem to Solution. DIPS for short. DIPS is the web marketing equivalent of the physician doing tests to diagnose what is wrong, then analysing the test data to identify the problem and then coming up with an appropriate solution. To implement DIPS, you first need to carry out research to diagnose your website's problems. You'll need to understand a lot about your visitors and how they interact with your website. Conversion solutions are highly targeted. The problems are like locks. The solutions like keys. Here's an example to illustrate why DIPS is so effective and why the alternative, blindly applying best practices, is so ineffective. Imagine that a company, ABC Core, had just launched a new product, the ABC Matic. Would you buy one? Probably not, for one of the following reasons. One, you don't know what it does. Two, you know what it does, but you don't know why you'd need one. Three, you aren't convinced that it will do what it claims to do. Four, you don't know whether it's compatible with your existing technology. Five, you think it's too expensive. Six, you don't trust the company. You've never heard of them before. Seven, you are going to think about it. If you don't know what the ABC Matic does, ABC Core would have to explain what it does. Would a guarantee help instead? No. Would a lower price help instead? Not at all. Would testimonials help? No. None of those things would help one iota. The only thing that could advance your decision is an explanation of what the ABC Matic does, such as ABC Matic allows you to manage your computer's memory. In fact, all those other solutions would merely reduce the chance that you'd ever find the paragraph that explains what the product does. The problem is like a lock and the solution is like a key. Now, Imagine that you understand what the ABC Matic does, but can't understand why that would benefit you. Would a guarantee help? No. Would a lower price help? No. Would a price discount help? No. The only thing that would advance your decision is an explanation of how the features relate to benefits that you care about, such as an explanation that the ABC Matic helps to clear your computer's memory cache so your computer runs up to twice as fast that would do the job, nothing else would. And so, for each objection, you need to display a clear counter-objection. If visitors don't know what it does, then explain what it does. If visitors know what it does but they don't know why they'd need one, then explain the benefits. If visitors aren't convinced that it will do what it claims to do, then add proof. If visitors don't know whether it's compatible with your existing technology, then explain the compatibility details. 
If visitors think it's too expensive, then justify the price. If visitors don't trust the company, then show evidence that the company is trustworthy. If visitors are going to think about it, then provide reasons to act promptly. It's the same with every single page element on a website. Every image, every word has a very specific purpose, usually to create a thought in the visitors' minds that will move them closer to taking action. Guarantees, for example, are mechanisms that have two very specific functions to reduce risk and to demonstrate that the company is confident in its claims. So guarantees work only when risk and proof are issues. In other situations, they make no difference. Negative headlines are another example of a mechanism. Negative headlines, such as seven mistakes to avoid when choosing a CRM, work when the visitors have decided that they'll do something, in this case, choose a CRM. And their main thought is, how can I avoid making the wrong decision? In such cases, negative headlines work great. Otherwise, they don't. Most marketers know some conversion mechanisms, but few understand each mechanism's function. So they litter pages with best practices, a practice that's far from best. The best marketers create funnels that counter each objection at the exact moment that the visitors are thinking it. And the only way to do that is to understand the visitors well. The best marketers find out, not guess, exactly why their visitors aren't currently converting. If only there were some great techniques for finding out. Section 2. Diagnosis. The ultimate guide to tools and techniques to understand how your website can be improved. A goldmine of techniques. In 2008, we published the most comprehensive article about how to understand your website's visitors. Back then, there were hardly any tools for doing it. Our list contained just 14. As evidence of how much the web has changed since then, this section contains 200 resources, software, techniques and UX tools for finding out exactly why your potential customers aren't converting. It's pure gold. Why it pays to understand your visitors. It's hard to delight people if you don't know them. Winning web businesses understand their customers better than their competitors do. Fortune magazine described our approach as a combination of multivariate statistical analysis and good old-fashioned detective work. This section is about the detective work. So, what do you need to know about your visitors? You need to know what makes them tick, what stops them from ticking more often, how you can increase their dollars per tick. We might be straining the tick analogy here. At the very least, you need to understand why most of them leave without buying. Unfortunately, those non-converting visitors come and go without a trace. How can you find out what they wanted? How do you know what would have persuaded them to take action? 
If you owned a real-life bricks-and-mortar store, this would be easy. You'd hear their objections. You'd be able to ask questions. You'd hear what they muttered as they headed for the door. Capturing the voice of the customer is more difficult on the web, but it can be done. It's what our research department does every day. Over the past 10 years, we have carried out research for hundreds of companies. We have used every type of tool. We often use whichever tools our clients are already using, so we are forced to know them all. We are also constantly testing out new ways of using the tools. What's the best question to ask visitors when they exit a page? And how do you word that question to get the highest response rate? We know it, we have tested it, and in this section we share all the details. We will describe the tools and techniques that we have found to be the most useful, those that generate the most insights per minute. Each technique provides insight into a different aspect of your visitor's behaviour, including what the visitors want, what they like, how they make decisions, and what they don't like. Together, they create a clear picture of how you can improve your website's performance and profits. How we've categorised the following techniques. It used to be that each software solution carried out a specific function. Now, they all tend to be turning into all-purpose suites, making them hard to categorise. We have grouped each software solution into the functionality for which we most often use it. Some of the techniques require a lot of visitors. So before we dive in, let's take a quick tour of which of them you should focus on if you have a low-traffic website. Techniques for low-traffic websites Why conversion is hard for low-traffic websites If you are a startup or a small company, you are in a chicken-and-egg situation. To afford visitors, you need a good conversion rate. But it's hard to improve your conversion rate if you have no visitors. Low-traffic websites have two problems. Problem one, how can you understand your visitors? For example, how can you find out what's stopping them from taking action? It's not easy when there aren't many of them to ask. Tumbleweed can't tell you how it feels. Problem two, how can you measure what works? High-traffic websites rely on A-B tests to measure whether their changes make a statistically significant difference. But A-B tests often don't reach significance when there isn't enough traffic. If you're feeling overwhelmed, take heart in the knowledge that every successful company has had to pass through this stage at one point. We'll tackle the first of those problems now. We'll address problem two later in the chapter on A-B testing. The solution to problem one. The techniques you should use to understand your visitors if your website doesn't get much traffic. Some of the techniques we mention in this section rely upon a website getting lots of traffic. Some surveys, for example, typically get a completion rate of 3%. If your business is small, we recommend that you make the most of the following techniques which can be carried out even if your website gets just a few visitors per day. Each of them is described in detail in the following chapters. User tests tend to be the most fruitful technique. 
Ask a friend or anyone you can get your hands on to participate. Once your website is refined enough, aim to user test it on people who are from your target demographic and psychographic. Watch session recordings of the visitors you have. Doing so will give you insight into how web visitors see your website. Plus, you'll see your creation through fresh eyes. Speak to salespeople, what we call VOC aggregators. People who have sold face-to-face -face the same type of product or similar products. Analyse competitors' websites. Or if you don't have any obvious competitors, look at companies that are successful within adjacent fields. For example, if you sell B2B software, look at other B2B software vendors. Add your phone number prominently to the top of every page. Even if you have no plans to encourage phone calls on an ongoing basis, it can help to get at least a few of them. In fact, you may be able to charm your early callers into becoming long-term user testers. Increase the incentives for visitors to complete surveys. The more you offer as an incentive, the higher percentage of responses you are likely to get. It's easier to learn CRO by working on high-traffic websites. Low-traffic websites aren't the best places to learn the craft of CRO. It's easier to learn by working on websites that get lots of traffic. So, if you want to become world-class at CRO, you would benefit from finding an opportunity to work on a high-traffic website. If the low-traffic website in question is yours and you can't afford to take a sabbatical working on a high-traffic website, then you may want to hire someone who has. With high-traffic websites, you get exposed to fire hoses of feedback. Feedback fire hoses are valuable for two reasons. In the short term, they allow you to iterate and improve what you're working on, but they also hone your craft. The top performers in many fields of endeavour are those who have, at some point in their careers, been exposed to fire hoses of feedback. Most successful movie comedians, for example, developed their comedy intuition by performing night after night in front of live audiences, getting instant feedback on every word, movement and gesture they made. Most successful bands began their careers playing in front of live audiences, learning on a second-by-second -second basis what audiences liked and disliked. So, if you want to become great at conversion, seek opportunities to work on high-traffic websites. Ideally, you want to work in a company that's big enough to have loads of traffic and agile enough to allow you to move fast. In doing so, you'll quickly develop a knack of knowing what will convert and what won't. Then, when you've learned the craft, you'll find it much easier to grow a low-traffic website. Right, on to the techniques. Installing a tag manager. To help you activate and deactivate tags without having to speak with your IT department each time. This section will no doubt persuade you to install multiple tools on your website. You may get tired of asking your developers to activate, manage and deactivate tags. So, before we continue, you may benefit from installing a tag management solution. 
Tag management solutions provide marketers with an easy-to-use interface that doesn't require the user to have IT skills or IT permissions. Tools for tag management Google Tag Manager is very popular. Alternatives include Adobe Activation Core Service, Conversant Tag Manager, Enciton, IBM Digital Data Exchange, Qubit OpenTag, Rakuten Storm Tag Manager, SuperTag by Datalicious, Tag Manager by Impact Radius, Tag Commander, Telium IQ, and UberTags. This might be a good point at which to remind you that the podcast's show notes contains a link to all the resources mentioned in this book. Diagnose by using web analytics to track where your visitors came from and which links they clicked on. Web analytics software gives you details about the visitors to your website, where they came from and which links they clicked on once they arrived. It's essential for CRO, but it tells only a small part of the story. It's like the closed-circuit TV cameras in a supermarket. They give an aerial view of where visitors entered the store, but they don't reveal why the visitors came. They show the path that the visitors took through the store, but they don't reveal what the visitors were thinking. They show you exactly where and when the visitors left the store, but not why. Or what to do about it. For that, you'll need qualitative tools, which are described later. You'll find web analytics most useful in the early stages of a project when you are seeking to identify on which pages to start work. It will also inform the pages on which you should implement the tools described in the rest of the chapters in this section. If a page gets no visitors, then changing it will have no effect, nor will changing a page that already has a 100% conversion rate. Web analytics software will help you to identify the arteries of the website, the high traffic flows that lead to successful conversions. Along with other tools, it can also help you to spot the aspects of those flows that are currently underperforming. Tools for web analytics Despite being free, Google Analytics is a sophisticated and powerful web analytics suite. It is sufficient for most websites, and most of our clients use it or its enterprise equivalent, Google Analytics 360. Google Analytics alternatives include Adobe Analytics, Web Trends, Quantcast Measure, Woopra, Matomo, and Flurry Analytics. KISS Metrics and Mixpanel provide additional functionality that can be useful to conversion marketers. Cohort reports, for example, show how groups of visitors behave over a long period. Amplitude helps marketers to understand how users behave within a website or app. Diagnose by capturing easy-to-interpret click maps to see exactly where visitors clicked, even if it wasn't on a link. Whereas web analytics software tells you what links your visitors click on, Click mapping software shows you which parts of your pages your visitors click on. There's a subtle difference. Click mapping software shows you clicks even if they weren't on a link. This information is displayed as a heat map. 
Crazy Eggs Confetti Map, for example, shows exactly where visitors clicked, even if it wasn't on a link. Click mapping offers several advantages. 1. It will reveal things that are getting clicked but are not clickable. You'll discover that visitors are clicking on parts of the page that aren't links, but perhaps should be. For example, if you discover visitors are clicking on a product photo, you may choose to allow the picture to be magnified, or you may decide readers want to read more information about it. Similarly, they may wrongly believe that a particular graphic is navigation. 2. It will also reveal, at a glance, which parts of the page are getting the most attention. This can be particularly useful when you're showing the data to people who aren't experienced in web analytics. 3. If several of the links on your page lead to the same URL, for example, if there are three links to a particular product page, click mapping will show you which of the links your visitors clicked on. This is technically possible with analytics, but requires some setup. 4. Have you ever wondered how far visitors scroll down your pages? Many click mapping tools can give you the answer in the form of easy-to-interpret scroll maps. If some of your pages are long, scroll maps can reveal which parts of the page get the most attention based on the average viewing time. This can be great for identifying which parts of your page are most important to your visitors. If one of your pages has a false bottom, a gap in the design that appears to visitors to be the bottom of the page, then a scroll map will reveal that visitors aren't scrolling. You then need to work out whether that's because they didn't realise that the page could be scrolled or because they weren't interested enough to scroll. We recommend you study click mapping reports of your most important pages in terms of revenue and traffic and of any pages you feel may have usability issues. Of course, most heat maps show many things that are predictable. But that's not why you should use heat maps. Ignore the predictable heat and look for the anomalies. Tools for click mapping We often use Crazy Egg, Hotjar and Clicktail and several A-B testing tools that include similar functionality. Alternatives include Full Story, Inspectlet, Decibel Insight, Jacko, Lucky Orange, Mouse Stats, PT Engine, User Track, and Zerat. Diagnose by using session recording tools to see videos of visitors' screens and more. Web analytics software is concerned mostly with the movement of visitors between pages. Session recording tools can be a great complement, revealing what visitors did on each page by capturing each visitor's keystrokes and mouse movement. Session recording tools can be useful in the following ways. 1. Replay sessions. Watch movies of your visitors' screens as they use your website. You can view visitors' browsing sessions as videos, as if you were looking over their shoulders. You can choose which video to watch based on attributes such as the visitor's country of origin, how much time they spend on the website, or the number of pages they visited. 
You may choose to watch videos of visitors who appear to be struggling, for example, those who visit the same page several times. 2. Get a feel for how people use websites. Session recording tools are not a substitute for carrying out user tests, which are described later. However, watching a few videos will give you a better idea of how people interact with websites. 3. See errors. The software can display a report of errors that users have encountered. 4. Analyse funnels. Get to see where your visitors are dropping off. Clicktail, in particular, makes it easy to study funnels for opportunities. 5. See scroll maps. Scroll maps reveal how far down your page visitors scrolled. Tools for recording sessions. Clicktail, pioneered session recording software. Alternatives include Hotjar, Inspectlet, User Replay, Session Cam, Full Story, Decibel Insight and Mouse Flow. Each tool tends to have multiple functions, so our choice of tool often depends on the combination of features and functions that a particular client requires. Also, some of our clients already have a tool installed when we begin the project. Some companies, such as those in financial services, are regulated as to how their data must be stored. Clicktail offers an enterprise version for such cases. IBM Tealeaf is another popular alternative for enterprises. Decibel Insight offers on-premises deployment so you can store data in your own environment and have complete control. In the next episode, we'll describe more powerful techniques you can use to diagnose your website's problems. And that's all for this episode. One of the great services we provide is that of a filter, directing our followers to the best new tools, companies and sources of useful information. If you'd like to be kept up to date with our new discoveries, get our free email newsletter from conversion-rate-experts.com forward slash gifts. You'll be in good company. Our subscribers include people from many of the world's leading companies. Plus, when you join, you'll get some useful reports, including examples of winning pages we have designed that have more than doubled the sales of our clients. Until next time, we wish you the best of luck with making your website win.